In vain are the words of that speaker which when they fall on the ears of the listeners do not make them sway with joy or make their hair on their body stand on end with a deep emotion the narration listening to which the listeners are not delighted or their throats are not choked with emotion and tears of joy do not trickle from their eyes that narration has truly gone waste baba's speech was captivating his style of instruction was most remarkable I bow my head humbly at his feet, whose leelas are marvelous and novel at every step. Unless fortune smiles, one does not meet sadhus and saints, and even when such a one is close at hand, to the great sinner he is not visible. And to testify to the truth of this, one does not have to seek far into the country or in another land. Why? I will narrate my own experience to the listeners. There was a siddha well known by the name Pir Maulana. in the bandra town for his holy darshan the hindus the parsis the wise and the learned of even other religions came to him i was a magistrate in that suburb at that time he had a devotee called yunus who served him devotedly and this yunus pursued me day and night to go for his darshan thousands of people flocked there then why should i go there to just out of respect for his feeling why should i allow myself to be persuaded and thus lose my reputation some such consideration would always come to my mind and i never went for his darshan as if i was afraid of my own shadow or perhaps it was my ill luck that came in the way of taking his darshan many years passed thus there thereafter i was transferred from there but later on when the appropriate time came a lasting association with shirdi came to be established in short in the company of saints the unfortunate gain no entry while it is easy for those who enjoy god's grace otherwise such an opportunity is very difficult to come by and now my listeners listen to an interesting tale about this and see how the saints have association and secret arrangements with each other from time immemorial at the proper time and at the occasion demands they incarnate at a place of their choice to accomplish their purpose but they are not different from each other though their place time and purpose may differ each saint knows the mind of the other completely at heart they are all one just as an emperor of the whole earth has his offices posted at various camps in different regions of their kingdom and thus bring prosperity to it similarly This emperor of the joyful self appears in different places and steers the ship of the empire smoothly by guiding its course secretly. Once there was a gentleman with an advantage of English education and adorned with a BA degree who gradually rose to be a renowned officer. Later on he became a mamlukdar and raising higher and higher became a deputy collector. By his good fortune he was blessed with the Sai Baba's company. The high office of Mamlukdar though outwardly attractive is like a hill that appears beautiful from a distance but is surrounded by the kajri plants on a closer view in prestige however it is still great 
Gone are those days, happy days of yore, when there was a great fondness for enjoying this authority, and among the people too, there was respect for the officers, thus making everybody happy. But who can describe the toil and the suffering that it entails now? Those days are over when this was comfortable job. Now there is an abundance only of responsibility. As for money, it may be a plenty, but so is the drudgery that goes with it. Even when one works rigorously and sincerely today, there is no longer the respect which the mamladar once commanded, and the grandeur that went with the office which equalled that of a deputy collector. Moreover, even to this great post of power and authority, who could hope to succeed without spending money in plenty and without an arduous and continuous study? He had to pass his B.A. first. Then he would become an accounts clerk in the revenue department on a monthly pay of rupees thirty. Such would be his slow progress. At the proper time, he would then go eastwards towards the Ghat to be trained in measuring of land and would be required to stay among the land surveyors so that he could pass the departmental examination. <clears throat> Later, when a vacancy arose by the demise of an officer, it would become useful to him. But now, enough of this long winding tale. Why should one just go on babbling? So listen to the story of how one such person met Sai. Incidentally, Bandra, where this place, uh, where he was the in charge, uh, the office was just next door. It was just uh, five or six houses away, so he could just walk to his office. It was so close by. And uh, then the high court was another, uh, say, twenty buildings away. So everything was in such a close vicinity that is for him, that is Dabolkar. It was a very very easy thing to do. Secondly, like if you have seen, he is describing in the days of the year. That means in ancient time there was this. We also talk like this. We also say, you know, in ancient times the jobs were easy to come by. This was there, that was there. And this goes on for all yugas. Every time, everybody has their own issues. Now, you know, he's written about how many exams that you got to pass and this and that. Okay, during my time, I would say provisionary, you know, provisionary officers' exams and so on and so forth. Then writing so many. Now, today's day and age, it is all the students have to pass the CET and this and that and GMAT and GRE and TOEFL and this and that. So, every person in every yoga thinks that they are doing so much greater things than the previous yoga. The people, people from the previous generation. So it is always a comparison between oh, in my generation it was so difficult, but the previous generation it was easy. It's nothing like that. Every generation believes that they their thing was very much tougher than the previous ones. Okay, <clears throat> there is a village near Belgaon called Vadgaon, where a contingent of surveyors came on a visit and camped. In that village there was a saintly man. He therefore went for his darshan, placed his head on his feet, and received his blessings with prasad. At that time, the saint had in his hand a book called Vichar Sagar by Nishchaldas, which he was reading. After a while, as he got up to take leave, listen to what the sadhu said to him very joyfully. So you may go now, but have a look at this book. Remember that by so doing, your wishes will be fulfilled. And later, when you proceed northwards for your work on your great way, you will, by good fortune, have the darshan of a great saint. He will guide you on your course ahead and bring stability and peace of mind. He will himself then instruct you and imprint his teachings on your mind. His work there was then over, and he was transferred to Junnar in Pune district. And from going there, it became imperative to cross the Nanighat, 
which is known for the great height and consequent perils in crossing it. The way there is hazardous and it could be climbed only by riding a he buffalo. So imagine at that time they had buffaloes to climb the ghats. Okay, today we have such fantastic cars and beautiful roads. You should be thankful, you know. <laughs> But still, you will say, "Oh my God, who is going to bother about the traffic jams?" That being the sole means of transport, a he buffalo was procured from nearby to ride upon. Maybe one day in the future, he would rise to be a high official and have horses, cars, etc. But on the pre- present occasion, he had to make do as best as he could with the he buffalo that was present there. It was impossible to climb the ghat on foot, but for the he buffalo there was no other vehicle. Such was the wonderful Nani ghat, and such indeed the unique means of transport. He then made up his mind, got the he buffalo to be saddled, with stuffed cushions on his back, and with great difficulty he mounted it. Mounted it, but the, cl- the climb was steep, and to add to it, he had the most extraordinary vehicle in that he buffalo. What with the jolts and the jerks and the violent oscillations, his back was sprained most painfully. At least the journey ended. The business at Junnar was completed satisfactorily. Then came his transfer order, and he moved out of that place. He was transferred to Kalyan, where he met Chandurkar. When he heard from him the fame of Sainath, he too felt like having a darshan. An opportunity for it presented itself the very next day. Chandurkar was all ready to leave for Shirdi and said to him, "Come, let us make this trip to Shirdi together." We will both have his darshan, make obeisance to him, and after spending a day or two, will return to Kalyan. Kalyan is very close from uh, uh, Shirdi. Okay, it's uh, maybe close in the sense it would be still about hundred kilometers from there. <laughs> But on that very day, the hearing of a court case had been fixed in the Thane Civil Court, and so he had to abandon the idea of accompanying Sandorkar. In vain did Nana Sahib urge him to come, saying, "Baba, he is all powerful and will satisfy your desire for his darshan." Of what consequence is the court case? But he could not be convinced, for he was afraid of missing the hearing. After all, who can escape the fruitless toilsome journeys written by fate on his forehead? Nana Sahib Sandorkar narrated earlier experiences how all how all obstacles were removed when one had a strong urge in the heart of Baba's darshan. But He could not bring himself to believe his words. How could he help his own nature? He said, "Let me first see this court case through its end and get rid of this nagging worry." So he went to Thane, and Sandorkar set out to Shirdi. He took Baba's darshan and started on his way back. Meanwhile, an amazing thing had happened in Thane. Though he was present for the hearing, the matter got adjourned to a future date. But now Sandorkar had gone too. In his heart, he felt quite abashed. Oh, how much better it would have been if only I had believed in him. Sandorkar would have taken me with him with my purpose taking darshan would have been accomplished quite at ease in Shirdi now not only does the court matter remain unfinished but i have lost the chance of the sadhu's company but he at once decided to go to shirdi maybe he thought if i go to shirdi and i am lucky enough to meet nana he will himself commit me to the protection of sainath which will make me happy in shirdi i know no one i am altogether new to the place it was just right if i meet nana Although the chances are dim, so thinking he boarded the train and reached Shirdi the next day. Of course, Nana was not there. The day he set out for Shirdi, Nana too had started on his return journey. He was dejected and felt quite disheartened in his mind. However, he met there another good friend who helped me have Sai's darshan. With the heart's desire was satisfied. On having Baba's darshan, Thakur was drawn to his feet. He prostrated in obeisance before Sai. 
Overcome with emotion, the hair on his body stood and ends, and tears of love and joy brimmed over his eyes. Then, as he stood still for a moment before him, listen carefully to what Baba, who is omniscient, said to him with a smile on his face. What's that Kannada Appa told you, like climbing the Ghat Mount, mounted on a he buffalo? But it is not so easy to tread on the path. Here, it is inevitable that one wears out one's body in hard toil. As these significant words fell on the ears, Thakur's heart overflowed with greater joy. These words actually experienced only confirm the truth of what the other saint had said earlier. With both his hands folded, he then placed his head on Sai's feet and said, "Maharaj, have mercy on me, this friendless one, and take me under your wing. You and you alone are my saint." Only today have I understood fully the message of the book by Nishchal Das, and I have thus experienced the highest pleasure. Oh, where is Vadgao and where is Shirdi? And what a pair indeed of the saint and the saintly! How concise was clearly the language and what skill in instructing! One said, "Read the book. Later you will meet a great saint who will truly guide you on the path of duty in future." Luckily, I met that great saint too, and he gave me the mark that he was the same saint. As advised by one, I read the book, and now I must act according to the advice of the other. Sai Nath said to him, "What Appa told you was perfectly right, but when you put all that into practice, only then will your wishes be fulfilled." At Vadgaon, Vichar Sagar of Nishchaldas was recommended for the benefit of the devotee. After some time, and when the book had been read carefully, it was explained in Shirdi as to how it could be put into practice. The book should be listened to carefully first, and then the same should be contemplated upon. It should be perused from the beginning to the end and read repeatedly in this manner. That is how it is meditated upon all the time, and merely reading it is not the end of the matter. It must come into practice, or else it will be like pouring water over a vessel turned upside down. In vain, indeed, is all the reading which does not give knowledge based on self-experience. Without the grace of the guru, who has himself obtained Brahmanyana, such a bookish knowledge is unproductive. A short tale in this context will reveal the true importance of the devotion and the great need for human effort. May the listeners listen carefully in his own interest. Okay, I will take a small break and I'll explain some things to you. See what happens is, normally we have a company of a particular saint or a sage. Now this particular saint or a sage. is there with us for a certain period of time then what happens is slowly that particular saint may push you off to another one and then you may have to go to this other one this this is a correct form of lineage or correct form of going ahead so the saint in the village had already told him about the saint in shirdi so the the track was clearly drawn up and then you have to proceed towards that many a times it so happens that the guru which you are supposed to get may happen along the path if you remember chinmayananda story chinmayananda was initiated by a different guru the guru which initiated him was from the divine life mission okay that is sivananda but Sivananda told him very clearly I am not your guru I am not the person that you are supposed to take instructions from the instructions have to come from your guru so he asked Sivananda Chinmayananda asked Sivananda who is this person that you are talking about 
at that point in time chinmayananda was directed towards this sage who was living on a small island near the ganga so when chinmayananda went to meet this yes when he met went to meet this person that particular gentleman's name was tapovan maharaj tapovanam so he refused to even see him so chinmayananda pursued with this matter continuously finally he got so fed up and said i don't want to sit over here why should i waste my time sitting in front of this old man who is i mean such a person who is not even look willing to look at me but after pursuing the matter for some more time tapon maharaj gave him his blessings and said yes i will teach you after this so shivananda by himself is one of the greatest of the sages and tapon maharaj was also one of the greatest of the sages so it may so happen that you are pushed on from one to another so that you go to your proper lineage the lineage is very very important you come from the domain of that particular guru so you will find that you finally end up at that place so the one who is giving you the instructions about the self the one who is giving you the instructions about the self about the divine and about the lord is your original guru so this person who is instructing you on a regular basis whose teachings are happening to you on a regular basis is finally the end point so this is how you have to follow and that is what was mentioned over here you will find that the other guru who has given him that vichardhara of nischaldas clearly pointing him out towards okay now you have to go to this place called shirdi go there and that particular person that is sai baba knew his lineage knew where he was coming from so it is but natural that it flows like that once a resident of pune anantra patankar by name felt a strong urge for sai's darshan and came to shirdi at once he had listened to the vedanta also read the original sanskrit upanishads along with the commentaries but it had not brought him any peace of mind the restlessness would not leave him but after taking the darshan of sai samarth patankar felt at peace he made obeisances at baba's feet and offered puja with all the rites and the rituals with folded hands anantra then sat in front of baba and in a tone of supplication very lovingly asked him many great books have i seen i have carefully studied the ved vedangas and the upanishads i have also listened to the excellent shastras and the puranas and yet how is my mind so wearied so tired so that now i am beginning to feel that whatever i have read is all wasted the illiterate faithful ones appear to me the better than myself in vain indeed has been my reading of books in vain the deep study of the shastras futile is all this bookish knowledge so long as this mind is not at peace oh how hollow is the proficiency of the shastras and wherefore the chanting of the mahavakyas either if they do not bring peace to your mind and oh what hope is there of attaining brahmanyana i uh, no as uh, padma has asked the question isn't shivananda also tapovan lineage no shivananda is of a completely different lineage and tapovanam maharaj was from a completely different lineage though both of them were staying in the same locality if you ever go to this place rishikesh uh, <clears throat> you will find that on one side of the river is his 
ashram where he started his divine life society that is shivananda and tapuan maharaj was further down the river okay so it's on the other side in rishikesh and in haridwar and all you will find there are many such many many such type of different different groups there so you can definitely find that they all actually all are one but they all are following a different track altogether so it's all right you can you can be led down there also so in vain indeed has been reading my books in vain the deep study of the shastras futile is all the bookish knowledge so long as this mind is not at peace oh how hollow is the proficiency of the shastras and where for the chanting of the mahavakyas either if they do not bring peace to the mind and oh what hope is there in attaining brahmanyana traveling by word of mouth the news reached me that sai darshan removes all the worries all the anxieties and amidst light hearted humorous talk sai effortlessly guides you to the right path therefore o maharaj who are the very best treasure house of devout austerity i have humbly come to your feet do bless me with the benediction that my mind will become calm and steady maharaj then narrated a humorous allegorical tale which brought satisfaction to anantrao that the knowledge that he had acquired so far has been worthwhile i shall now narrate the tale which is concise but with a confound with a profound significance listen attentively to it humorous no doubt but it is most instructive who will disregard such a story baba then replied there once came a merchant where a horse standing in front of him had happened to drive drop nine nodules of dung <laughs> this is a very funny story quick to seize his own advantage the merchant at once spread his uparna uparna is a cloth you know that a small piece of cloth which is there on the shoulder to catch them and as he tied them up securely in it his mind became steady and concentrated what is this that sai said <laughs> he don't know what could be his significance why did the merchant collect all the nodules of dung the meaning of it is not clear at all pondering over it anantrao came back and narrated that conversation in detail to dada kelkar who is this merchant he asked and what is the occasion of mentioning the horse dung moreover why only nine nodules <laughs> imagine only nine nodules please explain all this to me Dada, what is this riddle? I am too slow-witted to resolve it. Tell me simply and clearly, so that Baba's purpose will be understood. So Baba said, "Such are Baba's utterances that even I do not understand them. But by His own inspiration, I will tell you what I have understood. God's grace is this horse. See, without God's grace, nothing is going to happen. You can go and read as many books as you want, <laughs> but if the horse doesn't come, nothing is going to happen." okay so that is god is called god's grace is called a horse and the nine lumps of dung are the nine different types of devotion what are the different types of devotion mega you had asked me this question and i had pointed you out this particular line you should go and read this line so now we are doing that line so what is this thing see everybody does the shastra reading and this reading and that reading and by hearts verses and so on and so forth but it is of no use let me tell you this much you can't do anything with all those shastras or send, saying the mahavakyas all the time you can say om namah shivaya om no every every vakya that you might have got in a tatvam asi and all those things you can keep on saying them 
ट्वेंटी फोर बार सेवन नथिंग इज गोइंग टू है पाथ ओपन फॉर एवरीबडी इन दिस युगा इज ओनली द पाथ ऑफ डिवोशन सो सी हाउ दिस डिवोशन डेवलप्स सो नाउ यू विल सी वॉट दोज नाइन नोड्यूल्स आर The nine lumps of the dung are the nine different types of devotion. Without devotion, God cannot be attained. By knowledge alone, He cannot be reached. See, knowledge is insufficient. Just think about it. You have a very beautiful book lying in your cupboard, which says how to make very beautiful, uh, say, um, some some kind of a vegetable or some some sort of a dish. What is the point of the book? You think you can uh, you can tear the page and eat it and you will be happy? No, I am sorry. If it is written in the book, you have to follow the vidhi. Everything has to be done and followed accordingly. And you have to do your duty. Your whatever, what is your job? You are supposed to get the ingredients, put them together, cook them properly, and then once you have finished that whole thing, then only you will be able to take the swad. That means what? even if you have studied the great shastras but till you do not follow the vidhi the techniques that are being written over there or follow the path of devotion nothing is going to taste nicely to you so these are the nine things know that the nine fold path of devotion is as follows the first is shravan shravan means you got to hear the things you have to listen listening is a very very important part what happens is we listen okay but actually we are not listening what are we doing we are kept both the ears open from one ear it goes in from the other ear it goes out nothing is staying inside there is no barrier inside see so we we got to listen very carefully using our your brain or mind and everything we have to listen very very carefully so first one is called shravan so you have to hearing the attributes excellencies or wonderful achievements of as read or recited somebody is reading them or somebody is reciting them somebody is telling them so you got to listen to that person very very carefully second one is called kirtan kirtan means recitation we we say you know things now if you have seen most of the verses that i have done they i have Now let us say if I take one verse, see the way. I shall now narrate the tale, which is concise but with profound significance. Listen attentively to it. Humorous, no doubt, but it is most instructive. Who will disregard such a story? Did you listen to it? Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. <laughs> so what happens is there is a way of listening and the way of talking. This the methodology in. you know used by the gurus is i shall now narrate the tale which is concise but with profound significance so you will find the punches are there in the right places these kind of things which are very very important is like a kirtan kirtan is a sing song manner where you are reciting the particular words of a poetry or of the text this is called kirtan this is a way of putting the words in the right perspective so they keep on saying and they keep on harping on a one particular word for many many times you know you will find jay jay ram krishna hari jay jay ram krishna hari you know like you will keep on saying these words you know continuously so what happens is our mind is listening to those words continuously so 
and they are said in a refrain every now and then tak 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 it will keep on following the same track that is called kirtan that is recitation then it is smaran smaran means what you have to recall the thing what is the recall you we always recall what we have given to some other person isn't it maine tumko itna diya wo humko de dena wapas wo hum log acche se recall karte but the words of this spiritual talk hardly anybody recalls we don't want to recall. why because it is something which oh this is very difficult but that is very easy here in this case recalling what has been taught what has been recited to you so recalling is called smaran fourth is called pad sevan that is washing kneading etc of the feet when any sage is there who is giving you this recitation you have to honor and respect that sage you have to pad sevan you have to do you know pair dabaste hain ya fir pair ko chhute hain you have to wash the feet with water that is what has to be done that is called pad sevan why is it done because if you do not show supplication if you do not show that you want to hear you will want to sit on top of the head of that person isn't it so it is always better to be at the feet of the person so it is called pad sevan then it is archana which is outward worship we normally do archana archana as you know in south india you give, go to the temple you give money and that person do the archana <laughs> this this archana is slightly different this is in in praise of that particular person we we say a sort of a prayer or some sort of a thing which will let that uh, the divinity the deity the person the sage the saint he feels that he needs to do something about it so this is also done by outward worship or common service and presenting the naivedya naivedya means an offering has to be given always an offering has to be given isn't it see suppose i want to go and watch a movie don't i go and stand in that in the ticket line over there and do an offering over there so that i can get the ticket to go inside you don't go and watch that free do you so you have to do what is called as an offering the offering can be just a leaf also it can be just one small leaf of a tulsi plant also it does not matter it may be a flower it may be a leaf it can be anything it is to be done with love that is called an offering then vandan adoration adoration means when you are doing your prayers i am sure you must have noticed you use certain words of adoration you don't say oh god please give me this 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 no we don't say this we had we do adoration to the lord we say you are so kind you are so nice i mean think about it when you must have met your boyfriend or your girlfriend you don't say hey atikya khandala no we don't say that we will say you know you are so beautiful you are so nice you are so kind you are this you are that your eyes are like this your lips are like this finally end of the day you are going to come to the main thing that is but these are called adoration these are the important things that you got to do then seventh uh, vandan adoration seventh is dasya service service is very very important when you go to any ashram i am sure those who have gone to any ashrams and those who have sat in satsangs over there have gone and done seva after that seva is done when you go to the kitchen do the service over there go to the gardens tend to the gardens go to various places over there inside to try to clear up now when you go to even 
suppose if you have gone to a gurdwara gurdwara there is a seva stall you have to go and do that seva little bit at least take the footwears of the people and put them inside you got what i am saying there is always seva is very very important if you don't do the seva what do you think you have come for watching a movie or what you have come to do something worthwhile over there so you just don't come over there you come and do a certain amount of seva you will find that seva is there that means you have to see what is the kind of work that needs to be done in that particular place you just don't go over there acha mera ho gaya main jata hu is not like that never like that you have to do the seva so seva is dasya bhav who is the greatest dasi over there today the greatest dasi the one who has got the greatest dasya bhav is hanuman ji okay and just a few days ago i was told about one song when mirabai is telling krishna what does he say डिटीज the devotees are a part of a group you are not the enemy of the person sitting next to you so this is called sakhya cultivating fellowship it is only when you are sitting in a satsang that you develop the fellowship with the next person and then what happens over there is you discuss about the the person that you are sitting over there about so like when i have gone to the various places where i have met some great sages in my life i have discussed with them what how great the person who is sitting there in front of me mm-hmm. is what kind of beautiful things that i have learned over there or what kind of things that have happened over there so we talk about the beautiful glories about the sage who is sitting in front of us who is giving us a darshan so that is what is called sakya you have to develop fellowship next to the person then atmanivedan that is concentration consecration of one's self unto that means what atma atma means me i me myself the one who is inside of me i have to offer it it is only when that offering happens that you will find that the divine knowledge will seep in so these are the nine nodules which the horse is giving <laughs> horse is the lord the grace of the lord if even one out of this is practiced with implicit trust and in the heart shri hari who hungers after nothing else but devotion will appear to the devotee in his own abode it's only when you have this which is called devotion that shri hari will appear on his own now you are going to ask me how does he appear on his own know this for sure that shri hari is krishna Hmm? Krishna himself will appear, either in the form of a 
you know something which is going to put you towards him and he will say see i have come it may be a picture it may be anything it may be a murti or it might be anything but he is bound to appear when devotion becomes great he will appear in your world okay chanting the name penance religious vows and observances yoga sadhana a study of the vedas and the upanishads or even the exposition of spiritual knowledge in profusion all these are futile when devoid of devotion think about it see all this if you keep on chanting the name okay you have been given one particular you know word for chanting and you think that just by chanting you are going to reach the state of you know devotion i'm sorry nothing is going like nothing like that is ever going to happen even if you have been given the mantra it doesn't reach over there penance you can do as many penances as you want religious vows you can take as many vows as you want observances yoga sadhana all kinds of yogas that anybody wants to do you can study the vedas or upanishads you can by heart them for all you care you know you can keep on you know reciting them one after the other or even if you go for exposition of spiritual knowledge even if you read an exposition of a spiritual knowledge still that doesn't work if devotion is lacking so devotion has is the most important ingredient over there it is not the proficiency of the ved shastras nor the worldwide fame as a gnani nor yet a fondness for the dry loveless devotion that is required what is needed is a devotion full of love what does devotion mean love and devotion go hand in hand together if only devotion is there what kind of devotion you have tu va main yahan chalo i am your devotee no love the most important ingredient for the devotion to fructify is called love if you do it without love if you are doing it just because you got to do it it's not going to work love doesn't come you know by forcing yourself love has to flow flow from inside of you it has to grow and grow and grow and grow just like when you meet your lover your love grows it grows isn't it it keeps on growing growing and growing yeah later on it may dwindle off because it being a human the love disappears and then hatred and all kind of affections i know afflictions will come in but here the love which grows boundlessly is only for the divine it keeps on growing and growing and growing so love is the most important part where devotion will fructify consider yourself to be the merchant and then try to understand the implication of this transaction which is that once the banner of the ninefold path of devotion flies high god the lord of the knowledge is pleased the horse dropped nine nodules of dung which the merchant eagerly ran forward to catch similarly if you hold fast to the ninth path of devotion your mind will repose in peace and that alone will steady the mind make it solemn and serious and will create good will towards all in its absence wavering and unsteadiness are inevitable so says guru vairya affectionately so this was the teaching which sai baba has given he said the merchant he had brought a horse he there was a horse over there nine nodules were dropped he took his uparna and caught those nine nodules this is what it is so who is this person who is the merchant merchant is us 
You see, we do tol mol ka bol in everything in our world, isn't it? You give me this, I'll give you that. You you do this for me, I do that. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. We are always doing this. So we are basically merchants in our world. We do everything as a transaction. A merchant doesn't mean a person who is um uh, you know somebody who does business. We do business. Marriage is also a business. It is the easy marriage today has become a business where. Not only you have to do this, then I will do this. You do that, and I will do that. You drop the children to school, I will pick them up. See the whole thing; it is working like a business only. You do this, I do this. You do this, I do this. Oh, you don't do this, so I won't do this. So it is; it has to be an equal transaction, you know. It's like a transaction. You pay so much, so I will give you so much. No. So that is the reason why everybody in this world, whether you like it or not. it is not about money the way it is put merchant is not about taking money merchant means somebody who does business somebody who does transactions so this is what it means the next day ananthra went to worship sai's feet he was asked what have you secured tightly tied up the dung noodles in your uparna and ananthra prayed if your grace is with this poor meek creature they can be easily tied up after all what is so great about them Baba then blessed him and assured him that all will be well with him. Anantra's heart was gladdened by hearing these words and he enjoyed peace and happiness. And now, oh listeners, listen to one more short tale attentively and you will realize Baba's power of intuitive knowledge as also his way of guiding devotees on the path of righteousness. Once a lawyer came to Shirdi and went at once on to the mosque. He took Sainath's darshan and bowed at his feet. Now before we go further remember the person who came to him was a was a nyani don't forget that see anantrao the one who had come he he was a very great scholar he had read every book possible he had followed every thing in the book the way it is supposed to be done i do this puja i do that i have read vedanta i have done this i have done that yet there is no peace of mind no book will ever give a peace of mind without the sage's company there is no peace of mind because you still don't understand how it is to be done many of the women you know what they do when they are leaving their mother's place they write a small book in that they will write recipe you know that mother used to do this so i will write the recipe from my mother's place and they will take that book to their wherever they are going when they go over there one day they will feel nice about it okay today i got to make this my mother used to make it so nicely okay so you open the book and then you say oh you have to add this add this but i missed out how is that sugar pack you know you know how the sugar ka the juice of that sugar you know how it is to be made i need to call up my mother so there you go and dial up mother's number and you say mummy mummy i called you for the and mommy will say how are things with you how is my this thing going on you know this one's wedding is there you know that one's wedding is there and that thing is left behind the sugar is getting made over here in a different way you are talking to your mother for one hour you're just catching up you know that is called love you may not understand you may think that you know it is called chachni by the way You know, when you are making those rasgullas or those uh, gulab jamuns, you require that sugar water. 
it requires a particular consistency now yeah sugar syrup so that particular consistency how do you get the consistency or you are making some some sort of a, you know uh, particular dish and then you don't know how many sugar how many spoons of you know uh, salt you got to put or okay so for that you will call up now that one line is missing from that and by the way you are never going to re, you know again going to ask the same question maybe 6 months later understand this that line will never get written because that is the sweetness in that whole recipe you will want to do that so this is how the sweetness of all those words where the vedangas are there shastras are there you have to go back to your mother to get the sweetness from her and this mother is called the guru so all the vedas and the shastras you might have read them dime a dozen times you might have done so many beautiful things still the essence of it will never come out because you have to talk back you have to call up you have to talk to that person then only the sweetness will flow so this is how it works and it's always going to happen like this by the way so don't you worry so now we come to the next story he then offered a dakshina that he carried with him and at once sat down on one side he suddenly got interested in listening to baba's conversation with others that was going on there always remember this when the sage is talking you know what he does he is looking at one person and talking to another person and the one who is hearing is the third person so is it's like you know he is literally like using a, a, you know ak47 and killing everybody over there <laughs> so it is like a crossfire you know and the person who in united states he takes a gun and goes about shooting spree so he is like the guru is like that shooting spree he is he is looking at one person talking at another person and somebody else is listening and somebody else is taking out the essence of it so this is how it always works understand this everybody is getting something out of it okay it's like a buffet well laid out buffet so <laughs> this is what you should know baba turned his face towards him and uttered something referring to him the words stung him quick causing remorse in his heart oh how insincere insincere people are they will bow at the feet even offer dakshina and yet curse you all the time in their heart how strange indeed on hearing this the lawyer kept quiet but in his heart he had understood fully well he knew that baba's words were just the lessons went home all right sometimes the lessons go home sometimes they don't it so happens that many a times we think oh baba is talking about some other person he is not talking about me it happens like that you know many a times we believe oh he is speaking to this person not to me why should i bother but actually you got to listen to it very carefully you will understand the words are being said for everybody to hear everybody's context is going to be different contextually how the words differ let me tell you it is like yesterday there was one very beautiful satsang that was going on where shivji shivji is talking he is telling his wife sati he is telling her don't go to your father's place why because you see you should not go to a place where your guru has been insulted okay this was being said what was the inference that was drawn 
the inference that was drawn is i should not go to a place where i am insulted who is this i we are talking about shivji the divine consciousness so you think you are yourself shivji do you think you are the supreme divine consciousness you are the divine you know the divine being or do you think you are the guru who is insulted i am sorry that is not the way of putting it the way in which you got to take it is if the guru is getting insulted who is the guru shivji was getting insulted in that place in daksha prajapati's house shivji was getting insulted but how was it interpreted the interpretation is always done by the mind the mind always comes into play and says i am being told that i was insulted so who is this i so the question that i was asked was very simply this that means are we not supposed to do this no the test is about the ego the test is about the ego so you think you are so great enough that your ego is getting punctured over there so you don't want to do it you got to understand this very carefully when you go to a guru's place the guru's job is to puncture your ego he will do whichever way possible in his world to do it are you not supposed to go out with a begging bowl what is the meaning of the word begging bowl so that your ego does not come with you you should know if 100 doors are getting slammed in your face you should your ego should never stand up that is what is very very important and in other case where the guru is getting derided by somebody left right and center at that place do not stay over there do not it's not right so what happened was I told you one story when we started this entire satsang. I told you about this place. Now yesterday's picture which I put up in the Facebook was shot at that location. Okay? And the head of that particular the the high person from very high order, he was deriding Sai Baba. And I said my my family guru means my family's guru, everybody has been following Sai Baba for so many years. so that person started abusing sai baba saying that that old man he doesn't know anything blah 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 from shirdi he knew the hook person i was very hurt then the next question was about sampradaya if you remember this particular thing it is when dattatreya's name was taken finally when i was telling him i said to him very carefully i said you know what the same sai baba is a datta avatar Dattatre takes many forms, and when he takes many forms, Sai Nath is also one of the avatars. Sai Nath, Sai Nath is from Nath Sampradaya, and you cannot deride a sage from the Sai Nath Sampradaya. Never deride that. So where the Nath Sampradaya was being derided, I refused to go and meet that person. After that, I have never been to meet that person again, though he was. he sent i'm um, believe it or not this is exactly what happened the next day he sent me a car to my house saying that i would like you to come for a satsang to one place there there was another person giving satsang i went with that person to meet that 
that another sage who was there sitting over there. Not that I did not. But how did this change happen? This change happened because you should never allow somebody to speak ill about your preceptor. This is a very important thing. And that is a place you should not go. If the person keeps on deriding again and again and again. But after he understood his mistake and offered me that peda in token, if you remember the story, I visited that temple very often after that and many of you all have also come with me over there. I am sure you, some of you may remember that. But anyway, coming back to this. So, so where were we? Oh, how insincere people are. They will bow at the feet, even offer Dakshina and yet curse you all the time in their heart. How strange indeed. On hearing this, the lawyer kept quiet. But in his heart, he had understood fully well. He knew that Baba's words were just. The reason, the lesson went home all right. Later, when he returned to the Vada, he said to Dikshit, that piercing as Baba's words has been, all that he said was absolutely right. The volley of accusations that Baba fired at me, the moment I entered, were really only a warning given to me that I should give no place in my mind to reviling, abusive talk about others. Reviling and abusive talk about others. We were doing some uh, one more text in the morning today where these words were also there. We should never talk bad about another person. So never. It is not right on our part to talk bad about another person. Who does the talking? You see the word over there? No place in my mind. We do that in our mind and then the words come out from our mouth. Never do that. It is not right. So, or Munsif, that is the civil judge, who was suffering from ill health, came here on leave to rest and improve the health. While in the lawyer's common room, the topic about the Munsif came up during conversation. Discussions, arguments followed, though it was none of their business. Can these physical ailments be cured in the absence of proper medication merely by going for size darshan? See, just by taking a darshan also lot of our afflictions go off. So always it is better to take a darshan. It is always better. Does this sort of a behavior become a man who has risen to be a munsif? While such reviling and criticism of the Munsib was going on and even Sai was not spared derision, I was also a party to it in however small a measure it may be. And it was the impropriety of this that Baba demonstrated. It was not a volley of sensuous remarks but his grace to teach me that futile debates and discussions, scornful, critical reviling and such wicked thoughts about anyone should be given up altogether. This line we should mark it in our lives. You know why? Because it is so very important. We are here to spread love and devotion, not to talk about bad things. So it is not proper that we discuss about bad things. So what is to be done? Don't do any futile debates. There is no point in doing debates which are not going to lead you anywhere down the path of realization. So don't even bother about it. Discussion. Don't do any kind of discussion. Scornful critical revilings. We are not supposed to say, Heh, usko dekho kaisa hai. No need of doing that. You are not supposed to do any of these things. Wicked thoughts should not be done. And these are all to be given up. It is yet one more proof that through a hundred miles away, Sai knew everybody's mind. He is truly omniscient. One other thing was resolved too. Hills and mountains may stand between, but nothing is hidden from Sai's sight. Even the most secret matter lies bared before him. And so from then onwards, the lawyer firmly resolved never to indulge in censure or criticism or to entertain any wicked thoughts about anyone. This is what we also need to do. 
any hardly any wonder all who are thirsty will be satiated unfathomable is size grace greatness limitless are his great tales size life story has no bounds for he is parabrahma incarnate now in the next chapter listen carefully o faithful devotees to a story which will satisfy your wishes and bring steadiness and peace to your minds Sai Samarth knew beforehand what calamities were to befall his devotee and he would avert them in the midst of jesting and joking and playful laughter. Devoted devotee Hemad Savars to surrenders to Sai. This story is now complete. The story that follows is about averting the calamities of the devotees. Knowing the future calamities of the devotee beforehand, how Sai the ocean of kindness averted them by going by giving a timely warning. will be to all here ends the 21st chapter of sri sai samartha satcharita called the bestowal of grace as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee hemad pant so we will stop over here